0: A strong, talented entrepreneur can take an average-sized business and do well with it, and grow it, and be successful. A less skilled entrepreneur CEO can have a great opportunity, can be in a company with a very promising industry and growth potential, but they won't execute.
1: Welcome to Bucks and Business. I'm your host Bryce Vanfield. I'm a junior here at Country Day, and on today's show we are going to be talking about entrepreneurship. Stay tuned for my interview with an investor and entrepreneur doing big things in the world of business. Today on October 6th, 2023, I'm sitting down with Joseph Alala. Mr. Alala is the founder and chief executive officer of Capitala Group that he founded in 1998 and since has invested over $2 billion in small businesses. Capitala is a private investment firm holding both private equity and private credit capital to small businesses. He holds a degree in economics with a minor in politics from Princeton University. He also earned a doctorate degree and a master's of business administration from Wake Forest University. Thank you for sitting down with me, and it's an honor having you on here, Mr. Lala.
0: Bryce, happy to be here. Looking forward to it.
1: Yes, sir. So just last year, Mr. Lala was awarded with an induction to the Dealmakers Hall of Fame. Congratulations on that, by the way. Could you tell me a little bit about that award?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, it was, uh, it was an uh, interesting and honor to, uh, be called and, um, I received the call to be in the Deal Maker Hall of Fame for, for Charlotte because I've been in the business community here since 1996 and started my firm, as you mentioned there, in 1998 and done a lot of deals, I've seen Charlotte change a lot. And that was just sort of a neat sort of recognition that I was not expecting and, you know, the group that was uh, inducted that day was, you know, my good friend Doug Labda of Lending LendingTree, and, you know, many others that uh, have done uh, a lot for Charlotte and their businesses they run and the state, actually. And just to be uh, included in that group, I thought was really, uh, really special for me and a nice honor.
1: Yes, sir. And you're just such a big inspiration to me. And just to see you win a prestigious award like that was really cool.
0: Thank you, Bryce.
1: What inspired you to become an entrepreneur, or what do you think would inspire someone to start their own business?
0: Well, I think, um, and Bryce, you know, you're an entrepreneur. You've started a few businesses. It's it's no different from when you started your uh, lawn mowing and uh, business and yard repair. You see a need, and you want to service that need, and that's really what sparks entrepreneurism. you You sort of have to have the mentality and the and the personality and all the all the things that sort of run with entrepreneurism some people don't like it some people think it's too risky some people much rather be uh, part of a, a a big uh sort of group culture or a big corporate culture and often entrepreneurism leads to that that culture over time you know think apple right mm-hmm. think um you know, think UPS, think Amazon. I mean, just think some of the, uh, you know, Facebook, now called Meta. Think of all of some of Google. Think of some of the most successful companies in the U.S. and the world. They are all were originally entrepreneurially found companies. And all those companies, they saw a need. They, they found a creative and effective way to service those needs. And then their companies just grew. Now, those are the outliers. I mean, not everyone's going to start a company it's going to be worth a trillion dollars in a few decades. Um, but it all starts with the same. They, they recognize a need that needs to be met, and they find a way to provide the product or the services for that need, and then they just grow from there. So um, it takes a unique, a special person to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of risk. Um, you got to have a lot of sort of foresight you got to love the word no because you're going to be told no all the time it's going to be the, the word you hear the most definitely the first few years of your life and uh or your not your life but of your life as a um the startup and um you just got power through it you got to be a little headstrong keep the big picture in mind but you're an entrepreneur with your uh mowing business i started this when i was 28 because i saw a need to Uh, for these small companies they still even to this day it's hard for them to find capital so we wanted to help provide capital to small companies and um, yeah I recommend it for the people who would it would appreciate it but it's not for everyone.
1: Yeah and I definitely understand that because as you mentioned with my lawn business and talking about how you receive a lot of no's I, I started my business knocking going door by door in my neighborhood and it the saying it takes a hundred no's for you to finally get a yes is definitely holds true,
0: and even that's in the early parts of a of a, of your business, but that continues for the life of the business, and it just cannot you can you've you just got to be able to accept that and move on and um it takes a a different person to always be told no and to keep going so I do uh, have a special place in my in my heart for entrepreneurs.
1: What do you think the best qualities in an entrepreneur are? Probably grit and not giving up. And then um, creati- creativity as well.
0: Probably we drive and motivation. I definitely feel like you have to be hardworking because there are a lot of things that you have to do in order to get something achieved. Like I think I didn't realize for like even just a summer camp how many protocols you have to go over and that kind of thing so you have to be able to put your all into it i also just feel like you have to be pretty creative because you can't make a new product like that has the same aspects of an already existing one you have to have like a new spin on something
1: best qualities in an entrepreneur are outgoing and they're not afraid to fail that's what that's what entrepreneurships do is they they try ideas if it doesn't work they go to a new idea and they keep trying could you kind of give me a few qualities or skills that make a successful entrepreneur?
0: You know, some of it, and one thing you can't um, underestimate or overestimate actually is timing and luck. Um, that's so important to having a successful pursuit, entrepreneurial pursuit. And in essence, if you define ses- success by like, you know, the monetary and economic sort of benefit of a, a, a business enterprise. So some of that, don't underestimate that, but um, it's very important. But as a person pursuing a, a, a new business or being an entrepreneur, you know, you've, you've got to really have sort of a long-term view and foresight in mind of where you want to go. Like you've recognized an opportunity and you or know in your mind that opportunity. Where is it going to be in thirty days, one year, five years, ten years? And the world's always going to change. But you sort of have to have a general direction, a multi-year general direction of where you think this opportunity is going to go. You, you'll pivot and you'll you'll pivot along the way and adjust and adapt. And you got to do that. But you sort of have to know. You got to think short term and long term. Um, I think you got to be. You gotta be so you gotta be super smart, and not not all this means book smart. You know, it doesn't mean you have to get all all A's in your academic courses. But you have to be sort of smart, emotional intelligence, and just common sense. Um, and you've got to have a very strong, I would say, character, and I won't say personality, but yeah, you, ha- you sort of have to be stubborn.
1: you can't take no for an answer all the time. A lot
0: of people are gonna tell you no.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely, and it's not
0: going to decrease. It may decrease some, but it's not. It's, it will not go away as long as you're pursuing that. People will tell you no, or not interested, or uh, no, thank you. You've got to continue on your path with a lot of obstacles in the way, and you know you're also going to have other obstacles. Probably financially, you know, you may be running at a loss. Maybe you have been profitable, then something happens, and you know you miss a. Lose a customer. Customer doesn't pay you. Customer goes bankrupt. Something you'll have a loss. So you've got to sort of, when that happens, you still have got to power through it. So you've got to be a little bit stubborn. A lot of emotional intelligence. You got to have high character because you're gonna, you're gonna find a business. The the more high character you have, it's gonna come back. It may not be immediate, but it's gonna be benefit you long term as a as a leader and entrepreneur.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So since you've been in the business so long and for over 20 years at this point, could you share with me a memorable success or a failure story that related to your entrepreneurship and what you learned from that?
0: So, yeah, we've been around um, 25 years, invested several billion dollars in 200 companies, have had some great successes. I had some, uh, you know, I had some ones that did not work out as well, but overall, a lot more successes than failures. I've seen some of these small companies grow from, you know, very small, you know, several million of earnings to hundreds of millions of earnings, and been part of that uh, process and invested along the way. But the overwhelming, the you know, part that I'm most proud of is when I started this business, I was 28 years old. You know, everyone. Including you know your parents, your friends, they tell you you're crazy. You shouldn't do it. You're leaving a good job, and what I was in the banking business. You're leaving a, a good, high-paying job in the banking business to pursue this, and um, you know to to still be around 25 years. Most small businesses don't last that long. I think 85 percent. I used to have this number down. A large percentage, very large, of small businesses don't make it the first year. And to be around 25 years and to come in every day, super excited to go to work. I'm working as hard now as I've ever worked. As as you know, because it's taken us a while to get this uh, uh, phone call going, but you know, I'm still excited every day because I still love investing in small companies, helping them succeed, helping those entrepreneurs succeed, take to the next level. Uh, I'm working hard at, Hard now, twenty five years later, as I did day one. Um, the fact that we've been around twenty five years, and I am still excited, and we're, we're still doing very well as a firm—probably the best we've ever done. That—that's what—that's my success story, I think, in this business.
1: You are listening to Bucks and Business with your host Bryce Vanfield, production of the Podcast and Journalism class with Cake at Charlotte Country Day School. I heard you touch on the fact that a lot of businesses don't don't make it past like a certain mile marker. What do you think makes it so difficult for so many businesses not to make it past a w- one year, five years and not continue on down the road and have to close down?
0: One thing is if you've got that, you've got to recognize the right opportunity. Um, and sometimes you, that entrepreneur may have left for the wrong opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like they recognize an the opportunity, but it was, you know, the industry was changing and it, it, it maybe that opportunity ceased to exist. So that's one that's one two don't the, the financial hardship of starting you know you're not typically you're not making money you've left a uh, you know you've left a uh, a job or something else to pursue 100% your new effort and you probably budgeted oh I can do this for 6 months or a period of time and everything at least in my experience with, with small businesses, everything takes longer than you expect. So maybe budgeted, I can do it in six months. Uh, will uh, at least it will cover my bills, or six months the the company will be break even. But if that ends up taking longer, say it takes a year, say it takes two years, say it takes three years, you know when when do you stop? And that's you're always going to not always. Often you're going to have some decisions to make. You keep going forward. Put it on hold and go back to a uh, more safe, secure uh, profession that you're going to get at least get your uh, compensation and, and not worry about it. Um, so you'll you'll face uh, decisions along your path of do I keep going forward or stop and cut my losses. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially if they're they've got more obligations, maybe they're married, maybe they got kids they have to do the thing that, that cuts the risk because they've got a lot of other risk outside of that with, uh, you know, dependent family members. But when you're young, you're, you're, you know, your risk aren't as high, so you can go on for longer because you, you just don't have that many expenses. You don't have any, you probably don't have any dependents. So I think that, that's it. It's just, um, if you got a good opportunity and you've got the right skill set, it's all about, you know, do you keep going or, or or do you take the risk off the table and stop? And a lot of people just take the risk off the table and decide to stop.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think and that— it's a,
0: it's, it's a very rational decision.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it, that very much so applies when people are entering, like, crowded business spaces and just going at things where there's a whole bunch of competition and you just got to find that one thing that sets your company apart.
0: Yeah, so that that's what I'm talking about. You may have de- identified an opportunity, but it's a very— uh, competitive business mm-hmm. you need to modify the product or the service in that competitive business to to change it to, to be an effective you know uh, new entrant into that industry otherwise you're entering a very competitive business doing the same thing that's that's tough right I mean that's where entrepreneurs sometimes get stuck and are not successful
1: gotcha so could you name a uh, entrepreneur or um, a business that you admire, and how that inspired you.
0: Gosh, I mean, you know, the most successful entrepreneur today is Elon Musk. Just think all of his business mm-hmm. and what what he's and he's he's been able to do it in multi uh, in multiple industries that aren't really correlated and be very successful. And to have so many companies that are. Leading in their industries, leading globally, um, to be one part. He's, and he's relatively young. You know, he's in his early fifties. Mm. Um, I mean, he's changed the world, and he's. Uh, in fact, I just brought, bought his uh, new bio. So, unfortunately, I hadn't had time to read it before this interview. I probably have some more uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> comments I can make on it. But the fact how he has changed the world. Arguably, definitely for the positive, um, is it, is pretty incredible. I mean, a lot of people don't realize he has one of his companies is the leading tunneling company in the world. Um, you know, he's got the you guys got SpaceX. He's got the leading uh, electric vehicle company in the world. So it's it's unbelievable what he's done. He's got the sat it's a SatLink company. So and he's done it all. I mean, he, it's unbelievable. I can't think of well. I guess you could argue the markets rewarded him because he's created some significant wealth along the way, but he's impacted, you know, the world more than any, uh, business entrepreneur on that.
1: Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. How important is diversity in the businesses that you invest in at your firm?
0: Yes. Yeah, so we're in the, in the very sort of privileged, uh, situation where we raise money from others. Um, Mainly, it's almost all institutions. You know, banks, insurance companies, pensions, uh, endowments, and those. And typically, those online constituents are, are typical, um, you know, diversified members. So we, when we take all this money that we've raised from institutions, we really try to promote a very socially uh, impact we call it socially, impact- socially impactful way to invest. So, um, you know, we have a very diversified culture here. We have, and we really promote it in, in our investments. So we have a, a board, our board of advisories consists of veterans, um, minorities and women. And we have invested over 1 billion into veteran owned, minority owned women owned companies and companies located in low to moderate income areas. So that's, a big part of our business is—it's it's almost half of our investments been into social impact deals. We are always in, in, in invest in environmentally environmentally safe and supportive industries. We don't do any you know, oil, and gas, or uh, all the governance. We make sure they have the best in class policies, procedures, and boards to promote within the company the DEI, um, diversity, and equitable inclusion. We, we do it all. So. It's very important to us. Just this year, we've done, I think, 25, maybe 30% of our deals have been black-owned companies or uh, women-owned companies, which is pretty impressive in the small business world. I think we've done more social impact investing than anyone in our peer group by a big factor uh, at that uh, north of $1 billion. So um, it's important to us. In fact, some of our best deals have been, those that we are defined as social impact. Um, our returns have been great. So we promote it, we're we're very, very big part of our culture and our firm.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So you obviously do a whole lot of investment deals and going into the deal, you can't know where the company is gonna go. So what would would you say that entrepreneurship is more about taking risk or seizing opportunities?
0: Well, that goes back to that original answer. You gotta have the right opportunity. Mm -hmm. but there's always going to be a ton of risk as as an entrepreneur in the small business. And you know, what we try to underwrite as a small business is who that entrepreneur is because they're going to be key. So you've got to have a ton of uh, confidence in that leader, that CEO that they can execute what they're trying to execute. But you also have to have a great, you know, opportunity in a great industry. So a a uh, at the small business level, a little bit different once it, these businesses become bigger, because you got much bigger, evolved and uh, diversified and larger management teams. small companies, the teams are relatively small until so they grow to bigger companies. A strong, talented entrepreneur can take an average-sized business and do well with it and grow it be successful, a less skilled entrepreneur CEO can have a great opportunity, can be in a company with a very promising industry and growth potential, but they won't execute. No, I'm not saying always, but I'd I'd much rather back a very talented CEO uh, and management team in a small business in a fair industry than a less talented, less competent management team, leader, entrepreneur in a very um, high growth and potentially, you know, high success industry.
1: If you could start a business, what would it be? I'd probably start uh, a shoe brand. So I do have my own business. I started my own art business. I'm in 2012. If you could start a business, what would it be and why? Oh, we already started a (laughs) business. Could you tell me what you guys do? We detail cars. Uh, if I could start a business, it would probably be a clothing brand because uh, clothing like has a personal connection to me because like, I feel it's a way to express yourself. If I could start a business, it would probably be a clothing company. I think I could make a lot of money doing that. I'd probably be a real estate agent because that's what my mom did and it interests me in selling people houses. More like women's fashion for younger kids because my sisters feel like they don't have anything to wear that's cute when they're really young. So, me and my mom talk about starting cute clothes for younger kids all the time.
0: I would start a coffee shop.
1: If you had to run a business in a completely different industry for a day, what would it be and how do you think
0: you would do? That's interesting. If I had to run a completely different business, well, an important thing about an entrepreneur is knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses. My weakness is managing people. And, it's, and so I've hired someone, i brought in a partner, and they run the company. And I focus on our you know, investment strategy, our capital uh, formation, meaning raising money and developing these big sort of uh, global relationships. So I'm not good at running a business. So if I had to move to another business, if I could move over to law, which I, do, you know, from law school days, I'd be a litigator. And I think I'd be good at it. But that's not running a business. That's managing a a, a litigation process and and going to court. But uh, I wouldn't be good at managing a business. I I would need to be sort of on a leadership role at a company where I didn't have responsibility for day-to-day management. Cause I'm just not good at it.
1: Gotcha. So for those of you who didn't know, Mr. Lala does have a son here at country day and Mr. Lala, how do you feel? How important do you think a good education is to go into the entrepreneurship field?
0: Well, yeah, my son, Basil's still at country day and August was there for you know, many years. And, um, I always tell people, I've told you this, Bryce, I think you've got to take school seriously. Sometimes you may wonder, uh, why is, you know, Roman history relative relative to my success in life? Uh, and it may or may not be, but it's a, it's a process and academic process that a lot of people, uh, judge by. So you want to do well and you want to give it your effort. It's not that hard. It's better than working. Um, Give a great effort in school. Try to get as high as grades as you can. But school is not going to teach you entrepreneurism. It's not going to teach you how to have a bunch of people tell you no and keep going forward. It's not going to teach you uh, which opportunity is is an amazing opportunity to pursue. It's not going to teach you how to hire the right people. That's not what school there for. It's going to give you this, this great skill set, and hopefully it's going to teach you how to critically think, um, it's going to give you some analytical skills. It's going to give you some social skills. It's going to give you some common sense skills. Um, and all of those are sort of not on the grade, uh, report. And I, I understand that, but you still got to give your effort to make as good a grades as you can. And, uh, that's going to help you advance. Uh, yeah, if you ever decide to be an entrepreneur or if you're just going to pursue a career in advance of that career. It doesn't have to be, you know, for profit, of course, but you know, the Elon Musk, as I tell my son, Basil, Elon Musk, I mean, he did great at school. He went to UPenn. Um, you know, obviously I'm partial to, um, Amazon because, um, he went to Princeton You know, Gates went to Harvard. I mean, these are people that they, they demonstrated academic success before they demonstrated, um, business, professional success. So I'm just saying, put in your effort, but it's not going to be, uh, the, it's, it's a it's a journey, not an end game. School's part of the process. The end game is not, oh, I did great. I, I, I finished school with all A's and now that's, that's a part of the journey. And the end game is very far down the road, but it is providing you skills. Uh, not all of them on the, on the report card, but give it all your effort. And uh, I think, all the students at Country Day are going to be fine in life. They're going to have a chance to be very successful. So I don't worry about that uh, that product over there and those students.
1: Well, thank you so much, Mr. Lala.
0: Thank you, Bryce, and enjoy the rest of the uh, day at school. Keep up that entrepreneur effort. Yes, sir. Proud of you.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you for listening to Bucks in Business. Special thanks to Mr. Joe Alala and all the students and teachers that I interviewed as a part of this podcast. This is a production of Charlotte Country School's Podcasting Class with Cake. Thank you again for listening.